0: Well, we are in week three of summer reading. Seriously, how good has this series been? <laughs> Dynamic. I've loved what God has spoken to our speakers so far. The authors, Carlos, Alex, it's been fantastic. And this week, we have the privilege of hearing from the one and only Craig Rochelle, who is the author of the book. Look at this. Divine Direction, Seven Decisions That Will Change Your Life. He, he calls it Change Your Life. First time I heard him speaking on this, it straight up wrecked my life. I'm not, I'm not even joking with you. And uh, he's just gonna give us a Costco size sample this week. So you're gonna definitely wanna check out this whole thing. Get this book. I'm telling you, it is gonna be something that will bless you. This man, listen, he lives, him and his wife both, they they live a life of such intentionality in all they do. Uh, they would never brag about it, but I mean they they were able to release at their church, life church, a Bible app called YouVersion that just hits just hit its 10 year anniversary. So many of us use it every day. It's been downloaded hundreds of millions of times because Pastor Craig got saved reading the Gideon's Bible someone gave him. So he said, I want to give the Bible to people for free. So he gave out an app for free that has been downloaded all over the world. Untold things been done through it. Their church is the largest church in America. Hashtag no big deal. Uh, But what they do in their personal life, Amy's got a burden on her heart for battered women and opens up houses for them. And it's just really remarkable the way they lead their family, their lives, the blessing they are to our church in So across our entire church, come on, let's all stand up to our feet if you sat down. Let's all together welcome the one and only Pastor Craig Groeschel to the Fresh Life stage.
1: What an honor to be back two times in one year at Fresh Life Church. One of the most amazing churches all over the world. I want to just share my love for your pastors that you, you cannot find better people. In fact, if you'll, take, if you'll just humor me for just one moment, so often people will brag on what they do. I want to brag not on what they do, but on who they are, yes. because who they are makes them do what they do, makes it so special. Yep. And you all, your integrity, your passion for Jesus, what, what the, the strength of your marriage that overflows into this church, it's unparalleled the way that you love your family, the way that you honestly seek God. We could brag all day long on all the stuff you do, massive great books, speaking all over the world, building a world-changing church, creating really a new brand that connects with people in a way that takes an old message and and makes it new. What you do is fantastic, but it's who you are that makes it special. If I were you at Fresh Life, I I would cheer every day and thank God that I get to be under such amazing leadership. Why don't you, if you will, just uh, find three people around you and tell them you are blessed. You are blessed to be a part of Fresh Life. Go ahead and have a seat, uh, if you will. I love this idea of helping people find great books. I think books have the ability to completely transform lives. Uh, in fact, I will listen to, on average, probably some, somewhere around one book a week. Uh, just listen to it because it it transforms my life. In fact, every time I'm with your pastor, um, we were doing it just this weekend. We were talking about, hey, here's the best book I've read recently, which ones have you? And I've read probably five or six that your pastor's recommended. And so it's really an honor to talk to you about the book that I wrote. It's called Divine Direction. It's seven decisions that can change your life. And I'll tell you the story behind this book. Um, As a pastor, and Pastor Levi, you would know this, One of the most commonly asked questions we get is always somewhere in the neighborhood of, Pastor, what do you think I should do about such and such? I've got a decision to make and I don't know what I should do. In fact, there are a lot of you right now, you're probably trying to make a decision. Should I go back to school and try to finish my degree or should I stay where I am? Should I get this new car or should I try to keep the old junker alive a little bit longer? Everybody said, I've had one of those cars. You know, uh, should I marry this person or should we just continue dating until I finish school? Should we refinance this home? Should we have a third kid or is God pleased with two? And should I go to the doctor and make sure we don't have three? You know, what, should I try to take this new job and at risk moving to another city, or should I stay where I am? Uh, if you have a decision to make right now, maybe raise your hands. All over different churches, there's some decision pressing you. We all tend to have decisions. I want to help you make the decisions in a way that may honor God. Uh, people ask all the time, how do I know what God's will is? What I want to do is talk about making good decisions because the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. Think about it, the decisions that we make will determine who we become and what we're able to do. Let's be honest, a lot of us are not great decision makers. Anybody ever regret a decision? Shouldn't have dated that guy? Can I get a witness in the house today? Shouldn't have gone there, shouldn't have invested in that investment that couldn't lose, shouldn't have eaten the whole thing, okay? We're not always great decision makers sometimes, I don't know, how many of you can end up making kind of a permanent decision based on temporary emotions? You ever do that? You find yourself feeling something, and so you end up doing something that can be permanent. Maybe not even a big deal, but some of you might have made a bad decision today on the way to church because you felt anxious, you were running late, and so you're like, come on, kids, we're going to get to church. Come on, everybody, come on. Hey, right. Hey, we're going to worship Jesus today. Shut up. We're going to love it. We're going to get in there and praise God right now. Don't give me that look. We're going to love Jesus. You know, and you end up Making a decision based on an emotion, and then you hate that you did it. You end up regretting. Interestingly enough, I've studied some on decision-making and the emerging generation. And what we're finding is those who are younger, kind of like my kids' age, I've got several teenagers and some kids in the early 20s, they're finding it really difficult to make decisions. And the reason they are is fascinating to me. Simply put, there are a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons is because they have so many options so many options i was on an international flight and i wanted to watch a movie and i had eight choices and so i easily made a decision and i watched a movie i turn on netflix and i've got 47 million choices and i can't make a decision There's so many options around, and things are really different today in many ways than they were when I was growing up. When I was growing up, it's like, you know, you graduate college or work, and that was about it. Now it's kind of like super senior year or college or work or travel the world or sleep on mom and dad's sofa until I'm 40 and they finally kick me out. You know, there's so many different options that it's more difficult to decide how do we discern what God's will is for us moving forward. I wanna talk to you about that today. Um, It is from my book, Divine Direction, and I hope that it will speak to somebody and maybe you'll have some direction and sense God leading you. When it comes to God's will, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? I wanna tell you that God cares about two things. God cares about two things. What does our God care about? Number one, God cares about who before do. God cares about who before do. God cares about who you are personally before he cares about what you do vocationally. In fact, Scripture says this in 1 Thessalonians 4.3. The Bible says that God's will for you, notice what it doesn't say. It's not specific. It doesn't say God's will for you is to be an accountant, right? Right? It doesn't say God's will is for you to be a missionary. What is God's will for you? For every single one of you, what is God's will for you? God's will for you is to be what? Is to be holy. What does it mean to be holy? The word holy comes from the Greek word hagios. It means to be set apart. It means to be different. We're not called to be like this world. We're called to be like Christ. If we're like Christ, we will not be like this world. We will be different. When you look at the Gospels and you look at the teachings of Jesus, what's interesting is Jesus didn't talk about your career. He didn't talk about career. What he talked about, some was calling, He talked a lot about character. In fact, the only time he talked about the do, or we could say your job, the only time he talked about your job was when he was telling you, you might want to leave it to follow me. You might not want to let the do keep you from following the who, because if you follow me, you can become who I want you to be. In other words, I'm not as concerned about your vocation as I am about who you are as a person. He cares about the who before the do. In fact, we ask the question, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? A better question might be, who does God want me to become? Who does God want me to become? For example, I'll ask you this question, then I want you guys to help me answer this. Um, All of our Fresh Life locations Uh, I have been a pastor for 28 years, and so I hope your answer to this question is yes. How many of you would say that you think perhaps I'm called to be a pastor? Raise your hands up, raise your hands up, thank you. If you didn't, uh, you hurt my feelings. Okay, you would probably say I'm called to be a pastor. What I want to tell you right now is that is a secondary calling, not my primary calling. If I'm called to be a pastor, it is my secondary calling, not my primary calling. My primary calling is to live a life pleasing to God to live a holy life. My primary calling is to be set apart for the glory of Jesus in the way that I live. In other words, God is more concerned with my character than he is my vocation, okay? To be a pastor is the do, but to live faithfully for Jesus, that is the who. In other words, I hope you'll understand that I could very easily be a pastor and be out of God's will, right? I could completely, if I'm a pastor and I'm living in consistent, unconfessed sin, I am out of God's will. I might be, there might be four churches on my street, and I might be the best preacher at all four, but if I am being abusive to my wife, I am not in God's will, I might have a growing church reaching lots of people, but if I'm saying one thing and living something different and not paying my bills and not living with integrity, even though I may be doing what I'm gifted to do if I'm not who I'm called to be, I am not in God's will. Being a pastor may be my calling, but it is secondary to the primary calling of living faithfully for Jesus, character over profession. What is God's will? He cares about the who before he does the do. In fact, I believe God would rather me do anything else with integrity than to be a pastor without it. Let me say it again. I want you to feel this. Pastor Levi is true for you as well. I believe God would rather you making shoes or mowing yards with integrity than being a pastor without it. Who's ready to thank God that your pastor has great integrity, who is a man of God, who loves Jesus faithfully? What makes his do anointed and work is the who that precedes the do. What is God's will? God cares about a who before the do. How does this play out in your life? Well, should I date this guy or not? I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure. I mean, he's kind of cute, and, you know, his shirt's all wrinkled, but I can probably fix that up. And, you know, he, you know, he doesn't open the door for me, but he does pray every now and then. At least I think he did. And he's got a cross tattoo somewhere. And should I date this guy? I'm not, I'm not kind of sure. Well, if you're going to date him or not, you want to be faithful and live with integrity and purity whether you date him or not who you are when you're dating him may matter even more than who it is because Who you are will influence what happens around you. Should I stay in this job or take another one that makes $2 an hour more or move to this other place or change careers? Before you ask about the do, wherever you are in whatever job, make sure you're being who God called you to be. You're being a light to the world in that very job. Should I major in education or should I major in pre-med? I honestly am not sure that God is going to say, oh, you're in pre-med now, you can't fulfill my will, as much as he's going to ask, who are you as a pre-med major? Who are you as an accounting major or whatever it is? Wherever you are, serve Jesus faithfully there. What does God want me to do? I hope you'll understand God is more concerned with who you are than what you do. Everybody say, who before do? Do. You sound like a Dr. Seuss book. (laughs) Who who before do? What does God care about? What is God's will? God's will is a who before a do. Number two, God's will is a why before a what? God's will is a why before a what? Motives matter to God. They always matter. In fact, Proverbs 16.2 tells us this. You may think, that everything you do is right. But what does the Lord judge? The Lord judges your motives. The Lord judges your motives. Every now and then, you need to pray a little Psalm 139. Search my heart, O God. Search it, God. Show me if there is any offensive way in me. God, reveal any impure motives and lead me in the way of everlasting. Search my heart, God. Is is there any part of me that's deceiving myself? Am I telling myself a story that this is what I want to do because it's what I want to do? Instead of doing what you've called me to do, my motives are impure Oh, God, I hope you'll recognize this. What does God want me to do? Where does God want me to be? It's almost impossible to get to the right place when you have the wrong motives. Motives matter. Let me say it again. I want this to settle in. It's almost impossible to end up at the right place when you start with the wrong motives. Ask yourself, why behind the what you're thinking about doing? You know, should I buy this car. Well, what's the motive? Is it to have a good, reliable sense of transportation? Or are you trying to make a statement to the world that you can't afford to make? What's the motive? Honestly, what's the motive behind it? Uh, You're about to post a photo. Uh, Is it because you want to glorify Christ, you want to show something uh, and let people see it, or because you want to draw attention to yourself because you don't really know who you are in Christ? What's the motive behind it? Do you want to buy the flowers for your wife because you love her, you cherish her, you honor her? Or you want to play a little chitty-chitty bang-bang, you know, whatever it is. I don't even know if I just said that. I don't know if you can edit that out, but I think it just happened. It just happened. I can't take it back. It just happened. (laughs) Are your motives pure? Do you want to show honor or do you have an agenda in what you're doing? Pastor Levi, I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. I think it's an old movie it's an old movie. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. Pastor Levi liked it. (laughs) Motives matter. Everybody say, motives matter. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Ask yourself why, before what? What do you want me to do? I like what Paul said in Colossians 3.17. This is what Paul said. Paul said, and whatever you do, somebody say that aloud. And Whatever you do, whether, you're, whether it's in word or deed, whatever you do, whether you're working here, whether you're working there, whether you're going back to school, whether you're a stay at home parent, wh- whether you're taking the new job, whether you're making this investment or that, whether you're renting or rather than you're buying, uh, whether you're the student or whether you're the teacher, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, wh- how do you do it? You do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you do, you serve Christ there. If you're a stay-at-home parent and you're overwhelmed with diapers and laundry, You do the the laundry for the glory of God and you wipe that baby crack clean of everything there in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You do it with integrity as unto the Lord. If you're just an entry-level fry cook at the restaurant, you flip those fries with passion. You do it with integrity. You do it with a smile on your face. You make the atmosphere better. Before long, you're not the fry guy, you're the burger guy, and then you flip those burgers, and you do it with integrity, and you let the light of Jesus shine through you. Wherever you are, you're you're all there, glorifying God. The next thing you know, you're managing the place because you are faithful in the small things God trusted you with more. Your boss is a jerk. Should I stay in this job? You serve that boss. With love, with integrity, you submit to authority, you honor, you serve faithfully, you show up earlier than everybody else, you may stay a little later, you speak well of the authority above you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you do it as unto the Lord. What is God's will for my life? What is God's will? God's will is a who before a do. It's a why before the what? What is God's will? I'll tell you about uh, one of the most influential men in my life. I've got so many uh, that have influenced me, my pastor, um, is Nick Harris is his name. I look up to him like a spiritual father. My dad, um, in the way he invested in me. Dave Ramsey was a hero from afar, as a friend up close, influenced the way I manage things financially. There's a guy named Mike Liddell, he owns like seven companies, teaches me about leadership. Pastor Levi Lesko. quite honestly, as a friend, the way he does life, um, in fact, the way I dress. If you like it or not, Pastor Levi got in my closet and threw away 80% of my clothes. <laughs> And said, for the glory of God, you will never wear those again. <laughs> and that's kind of, you know, and, and honestly, your pastor, in the way I do life, has helped, has helped influence me. Let me tell you about one of the most influential people that weren't on that list and somebody that you've never ever heard of before. This is a guy who's never preached a sermon, never started a nonprofit, never sold a business, never made probably more than $100,000 a year. Uh, this person, though, does lead a life group. And for the 30 years I've known him, has always led a small group. Uh, this guy has quietly, and would probably be embarrassed if I told you, but given cars to widows or single moms for years. In other words, when he drives this down to, it's worth three or $4,000 instead of trading it in, he just quietly gives it away and then gets a new $10,000 car and drives it down and then gives it away um, over and over and over again. This guy um, has always tithed and has always given offerings. If there's anything, anywhere, anytime, $100 here, $200 there, although he's not rich, he'll always make a way to give to it. Um, He's a person of prayer, always. He is in God's Word. There are very few times when we have a 10-minute conversation or more where he doesn't say to me, let me tell you what God showed me in the Word. And then he tells me some fresh revelation of what he's getting from God. This man who has never done anything that the world deems as incredibly successful on the outside, is one of the most successful people on the inside, and that is Amy's dad, um, Sam Fox. And what I want you to understand is, who he is, not what he does professionally, but who he is has helped shape who I am. The who matters. I wanna speak to the parents right now. Um, My friend Andy Stanley is the one I think originated this phrase. He said this, he said, sometimes the most important thing you do isn't something you do, but someone you raise. I wanna say this again, because that's a lot better than your response was. This is so good. Sometimes the most important thing you do, it's not a vocation, it's not an outward calling. It's not something you do, but it's someone that you raise. It's someone that you. It's that you influence. It's, it's imparting <laughs> spiritual life. In fact, that's why at the beginning of the message, there are so many things I could brag on your pastors and Fresh Life. It is. It, it you are impacting the world. My church wants more of the Fresh Life Pastor Levi message. All over the world, passion conferences, the uh, people everywhere. More, 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 more of the do. Write more books, speak more, get the content. It's incre- the do is incredibly special, but it's only a reflection of the who. And a lot of places I go, I'm more impressed with the, the do than I am the who. Sometimes you can have the gifts, but your, char- your character is what sustains you. Your gifts can only take you so far. Your gifts will not take you further than your character will sustain you. And that's what I love about you. The character, the integrity, the passion, the deep rootedness of who you are. What is God's will? Who before do, why before what? Can I be really open with you guys? Will you still love me and maybe invite me back if I'm really open with you? I have a problem and my problem is that I really, I really my sinfulness, the, the dark side of me, my fleshly side, wants to be important. It wants to be important and I could say it's a man thing, it's not a man thing, it's a sin thing. Meaning, I want you to think, hey, he's a pastor of whatever, a large church, or he's a really good husband to Amy, or you know, he teaches on leadership, whatever the thing is, you know, he's a good dad, you can fill in the blanks, is I want you to think that I'm important. When I focus, though, on important, what happens is I skip the who and I go straight to the do. I want you to think what I do is important. And if I skip the who, and go straight to the do. If the who ever becomes in question, then eventually my do could be on thin ice. Okay? And I hope you're going to hear this. When I, one day, when I stand before Jesus, he will never say to me, well done, my good and important servant. He'll never say that. If I do it right, if the who is right, and if the why is right, then what he'll say to me is he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. What I hope you're going to understand and I hope you're going to embrace is that God hasn't called you to the do. He's called you to the who and the why. The who and the why equals faithfulness. Now, don't miss this. If (laughs) if I am faithful, in other words, if I'm faithful with a few things, what does God do? God gives me more things. If I'm faithful in the small things, what does God give me? God gives me the big things. In other words, if I'm faithful with the who and the why, then God will give me more, and when I try to do important things, I may overstep what matters most, but when I'm faithful, then suddenly I'm doing important things for the kingdom of God. And it's a reflection of the who and the why, that moves into the important. For example, let me tell you what success is for me now. Honestly, what is success now? The great thing is I turned 50 this year and I had my first grandkid and it's amazing how different life looks at 50 than at 30. So much different because you recognize you have less time on the last half and you're you're kind of past that. Uh, Going forward uh, years ago, success honestly was bigger, better, you know, all with kind of the right sort of motives if I want to glorify Jesus, but I also want you to think I'm important. I want them both. I want, them, I want to be the pastor the biggest, whatever, all that kind of, those impure things, sort of pure, sort of not pure. At this point in my game, I've recognized the best thing I can do, the best thing I can do, is in the last year that I'm alive, get another pen, get another pen. I'm obsessed with receiving my annual pen. You may say, what in the world is that? I collect pens just like this now. And if you wanted to bless me and send me one, I would say thank you, but it wouldn't mean as much to me as the one that I get annually that I'm talking about. Years ago, um, a well-known pastor that you might know in probably the year 2004, 2005, sent me my first pen. It had my name on it in the year, let's say 2004. And in the note which he wrote with that pen, he said, Pastor Craig, you served Jesus faithfully this year. You didn't do anything to um, tarnish the name of Jesus or the reputation of the church. You loved your bride well. You're a great father to your kids. And this pen represents your faithfulness to Jesus in the year 2004. And I thought to myself, that's really cool. 2005, I got another one. It was a little cooler. 2006, I got another one. About the year, I don't know, 2011, 2012, I saw this pastor face to face. And I said, at first I thought it was cool. It's become one of the most meaningful things of my life is to receive these pins. I said, tell me the story behind it. And he smiled really big and he said, it's my dream that you would feel that way. I want you to steward what you have. And he said, the tragedy is I sent out a lot more a few years ago than I'm sending out now. And he said, because unfortunately, and we all know the stories, so-and-so burned out, so-and-so, ended up quitting and doing something else. So-and-so made an unfortunate and unwise decision. And through the list of those people, they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Here's what I want you to understand. This pen and my goal of success is in the last year of my life to get one of these, which will represent so much more of who I am than what I do. It won't represent having a large or fast-growing church. What it will represent is being grounded in Christ, and out of the overflow of that, loving my bride faithfully. That is an action based out of the who. Raising my children to love and, to, to Jesus and to be involved and to care about his church. Serving my church faithfully, delivering God's word, whether it's growing or whether it's not, as being faithful. And when I'm faithful in the small things, then I actually end up doing important things. It may not be important as the way the world sees it, but more importantly, it's important as the way God sees it. Who matters more than do? Why matters more more than what. it was so amazing is to think about one day, um, if I die in bed, I wouldn't mind dying there where I have time to prepare for it. I wouldn't mind dying preaching, which would be kind of fun too. Like, you know, it'd be kind of awkward for my church, but I would enjoy it. It's like, man, he was going and then he died and we had to drag him off and now someone else is there. You know, it'd be kind of fun, you know. Wouldn't be bad making out with Amy and then having her explain to everybody, we were kissing and he died. (laughs) You know, that's how good she was kissing or whatever, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. But if I died in bed and had a little time to prepare for it, it it would be pretty special to think about what we talk about. Let me tell you what we wouldn't talk about. We wouldn't sit back and say, wasn't it amazing when we went from 29 churches to 33? Wasn't it amazing when we got that award? Wasn't it amazing when I finally got to X number of thousand of people on Instagram? We're not going to talk about that. At all. Right, right. We're talking about, wasn't it amazing when we got to spend a weekend with really good friends like the Luscos and pray together and do ministry together for years and years. Wasn't it amazing that our kids now have godly marriages and now they're raising their kids to love Jesus. Wasn't it amazing that all those times, even when we were, people loved us or when they didn't, we stayed together and were faithful to Jesus. Isn't it amazing that all these years we've loved each other. And what we'll do is we'll celebrate so much more of the who and the why, than the do and the what. And and if the do and the what ever matter, it will always be a reflection of the right who and the right why. What does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? God is so much more, his will is so much more about the who than it is the do and so much more about the why than it is the what. Think about this, how did Jesus do what he did? How did he do it? How did he endure the hatred from his creation? How did he endure being mocked and and, and flogged and beaten until he was not even recognizable as a human? How, how did he stay on the cross and not call uh, leading of angels to come down and wipe everybody out when he had the power to do it in a moment? How did he do it? He knew who he was, and he knew why he came. The who empowered the do, the why empowered the what. Who is he? I am the son of the most high God. Why did I come? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. I came not for the righteous, I came for the sinners. I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. The the who drove the what. The why, this is why I'm here to give my life, helped him endure all of the pain. When you know who you are in Christ, when you know why he has gifted you as he has, then suddenly the do starts to overflow and the what becomes so obvious. In fact, all that points to this one thing. Two big thoughts I hope you'll embrace. What does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? Who before do, why before what? Write this down. If you're becoming the right who, our God will help you choose the right do. If you're becoming who you're created to be, grounded in Christ Your identity is secure in who he he says you are, not what they think about you. If you're becoming the right who, God will help you choose the right do. And if, Fresh Life Church, you are driven by the right why, then God will lead you to the right what. You're driven by the right why. Whatever you do, whatever you do, wherever you are, if you're a student, if you're the teacher, if you're the entry-level person, if you're the owner of it all, if you're making your way up or if you just lost your job, if you're trying to conceive or just had your third child, if you're working through the pain of a broken relationship or you're just beginning one, if you're launching into your career or you're retiring from it, whatever you do, church, wherever you are, with everything in you, you do it as unto the Lord. You do it with integrity. You do it with faith. You do it with passion. You bring your best and then some. It's what you bring after you bring your best that brings glory to God. And you are faithful in the small things. You're not living to be important. It's not about the external do. It's all about who you are. And when the who is right, the do overflows. And when the why is right, the what becomes obvious. If you'll remain standing at every Fresh Life location. Father, we pray right now that your spirit would fall upon your church, that, God, people would sense your calling. God, for everyone who needs to make a decision, give them a little bit of divine direction, God. May they hear from heaven. And, God, I'm convinced sometimes you may not even care about the details of the decisions, but you do care about the integrity of who they are. God, may we be overwhelmed and overcome with the goodness of your love that we would see you care about who before do. God, you care about the why before the what. God, would you just impart life that we're not trying to be important or to be seen, but God, we just want to be faithful. And God, when we're faithful in the small things, God, you may just empower us to do important things, important for your kingdom. As you're praying today at all of our different Fresh Life locations, those of you all over the world at Church Online, those who would say, I do have some decisions to make, and I want to get it right. I want to be about the who, and I want to be about the why, before I'm about the do, or I'm about the what. Would you lift up your hands right now? I want to pray for you. Just lift them up high. Lift them up high, hands up at all our locations. God, thank you for a church full of passionate people. Thank you for worshipers, God, that don't just come to church, that recognize we are the church. God, thank you for your move of the Holy Spirit through this great place, for all the people faithfully serving. God, would you just seal this in our hearts, that you've called us before anything else, our primary calling is to be holy. Set apart. God, you're not as concerned about our vocation or our profession as you are our character, our heart. God, I pray for anyone here today that has that any part of their heart that's straying, that's, that, that's unfaithful to you, a pocket of darkness. God, I thank you that as we confess it to you, you will forgive. And as we confess it to other people, God, you will heal us. In our small groups, God, may we just, may just bring it to light. Whatever is dark, Bring it to light. God, give us the characters to sustain us. God, conform us to the image of your son, Jesus. We know that we are not perfect. We still have darkness in us, God. We know that we're prone to sin and prone to wander, but we thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit invites us back onto the right path. Reveal, God, any motive that is more about self than about your kingdom. God, reveal to us any place we're more about letting the do be seen and be admired rather than the who being whole and pure. God, we confess that sometimes we get it wrong, forgive us. Guide us by your spirit. God, help us to be who you created us to be. God, help us to get the motives right. And God, then we thank you when we're serving you, who you called us to be. You'll show us clearly what to do. When we have the why in place, you'll give us the what. And whatever it is, whether it's something we really want or a season that's really difficult, an assignment that we love, or an assignment that takes sacrifice, whatever that current assignment is, God, whatever it is, we will do it all for the glory of Jesus. Now, Father, for those who do not yet know you, we pray that the who would be about to be changed by the grace and the power of your son Jesus, at all of our different locations. Those of you who would say, oh my goodness, I would love to sense a higher calling, a different purpose, but I, I don't even know what that is. I don't, I don't know how to be right with God. Maybe if you've ever felt drawn to the things of God, what is that? Let me just tell you very clearly, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit drawing us, God's loving kindness draws us. You're not here today because you just stumbled into a church. You're not watching online because you just happened to come across something. You're here because God is reaching out to you. Maybe you've even sensed it before for years and years. What do you do? What do you do? Well, you might think, well, I need to clean up my life first. I need to stop doing bad things and start doing things that look more religious. Now, listen to me. It's not about the do. It's about the who. And even before it's about who you are, it's more about who God is. He is love. He is grace. He is goodness. He sent his son, Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the son of God. Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. He didn't come to make you feel guilty. He didn't come to shame you. He didn't come to make you into religious weirdos. He came to bring you spiritual life, and that's why you're here at many locations. You recognize you need his grace. What do you do? You can't do anything to work your way to God. You receive his free gift. You just call on the name of Jesus. When you pray out to Jesus, he will hear your prayer, forgive your sins. He will make you brand new. Not a better version of you, different, brand new, spiritually made new. At all of our fresh life locations and all over the world, those of you who recognize, I need that grace. I want to have a relationship with God through Jesus. I know that I've sinned, And I know I need a savior. When you call on the name of Jesus, he will hear your prayer. And that's why you're here today. At all of our churches, those who say, yes, I need him. Yes, I call on him. I turn from my sins and I give my life to him. Would you lift your hands high right now? Every Fresh Life location, lift them up and say, yes, I need the grace of Jesus. As we have hands going up at all of our locations. Church online, you just click right below me. And today we celebrate with every person being made new in Christ. Would you all just join your voices together. Everybody pray aloud. Simply pray, Heavenly Father, forgive my sins. Make me new. Jesus, save me. Become my Lord. First in every way. Fill me with your Spirit so I can be who you want me to do be so i can live for what you want me to live for my life is not my own today i give it to you thank you for new life now you have mine in jesus name i pray could everyone give god glory right now give him praise welcome those who are born into god's family today Thank you for joining us for this teaching from our summer reading series. For more content from Fresh Life Church and to stay up to date while you're on summer vacation, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link below.